0: Let's take our Bibles and we're going to be in Proverbs 22 and then sec- or excuse me, 3rd John tonight. Proverbs chapter 22 just for one verse and then over to the book of 3rd John. Proverbs 22 verse 1 is a familiar verse. Perhaps you've used it in your own family's life or with your children. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. When I was a youngster, if I ever got to go spend the night over somebody's house, my dad would typically have a talk with me before I went on that venture. And he would remind me of uh, how I was to behave myself and to present myself in another family's home and went through the whole role of uh, what he expected and what he anticipated. And, And he would often say this, remember, you're a carpenter. Don't bring a bad uh, connotation to our name. Don't don't behave in a way that's going to drag down our name. As a youth pastor, for uh, the eight or nine years that I did that, we'd go on youth activities, and often those would end up at a fast food restaurant. And before those young people would go in there, I said, now listen, before you go in there, our name of our church is on this bus. And the way you behave is going to, have a representation on our ministry and on the Lord. And I would encourage them to remember uh, these type of things. A good name, a good reputation is rather to be chosen than great riches. Over in the book of 3 John now, as we continue our study of this brief series of messages, studying through what I've called the little letters, a longer look at the little letters. Uh, Some have called these one-chapter epistles, Postcards, messages from uh, First uh, Paul to Philemon, and and then we have two from the Apostle John, Second and Third John, and then one from Jude uh, that we'll be looking at in the weeks to come here. But again, these brief little letters, and this will be our second time through. Last week uh, we were in Second John, and uh, we looked at. Three thoughts, if you remember, I had just seen that accident, and I said, "Look out!" I saw an accident coming, couldn't stop it. And there was a passage of scripture there in Second John where he says there in verse number uh, verse number eight, "Look to yourselves." And that's the same idea that we would watch, we would be careful, we'd keep a lookout on some things. And of course, it's dealing with apostasy in the second letter, that second epistle of John. And so we talked about. Looking to truth, looking at ourselves and looking at others, and protecting ourselves from falling into apostasy. Now, second and third John, they're both these tiny little letters. One has 13 verses, one has 14 verses, two of the shortest letters. But there are some differences and contrasts between these <clears throat> two epistles. Second John was written to a woman, third John is written to a man. Uh, second John warns about accepting false teachers. Uh, third John warns us not to reject true teachers. Uh, in second John, no specific name is listed; it's a very much an anonymous letter. But in Third John, multiple names are listed. Second John warns us about being too soft, and Third John warns us about being too hard. And then 2 John warns us about the deceiver. And 3 John's going to warn us about the dictator. Uh, This this epistle is written by the Apostle John later in his life. And uh, he's an older man now. And he is writing with a great reputation to these individuals. and, And it's as if he's looking out and in one situation he sees this danger. And in this situation he sees another danger. He's dealing with three different individuals here in the book of Third John. Let's, let's read these 13 or 14 verses. Follow along as I read through them. It says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of truth That is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow, helper, fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, pratting against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath a good report of all men, and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, but I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. This evening, I want to look at this from this perspective. I want us to learn from a bad name on how to have a good name. I want to learn from someone that had a poor testimony on how we can have a good testimony. Uh, You ever learn some valuable lessons from somebody else's mistakes? You ever learn something that was profitable for us and someone else messed up? And we can learn from this man named Diotrephes uh, some ways that he was, and we can learn from this. Now back in January, we studied our first go-around in 3 John, and we learned about the man Gaius. Uh, We learn that he was, uh, uh, again, let's read those opening verses. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Uh, This was a man that was greatly loved by the apostle John. It appears that he was a a, a convert of John. Uh, He says again in verse number four, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. Uh, We learned that he was a man that was faithful in all that he did, both to those that he knew and even to the strangers. He was a consistent, faithful man. We learned much about him. We learned that he was easy to love. Uh, We learned that he probably had some health issues, but he was spiritually strong. tried to encourage us that evening of, uh, of the importance of a, of a spiritual strength rather than just a physical strength. And although Gaius appeared to lack some physical health and some physical strength, he was a spiritually strong man and he was a faithful man. He had a great reputation. This afternoon I was able to watch the memorial service for this young man, uh, Jaden Goines. Uh, they had that yesterday down in Florida. they will have another one at the college tomorrow. Pray for our students and the other students that will be attending that. There was a cloud that when it came over Pensacola Christian College just last week, learning of the, the news of the passing of one of their fellow students. You can just see the students were greatly affected by this. In fact, this was the fourth death that Pensacola has had this year. And so it's been a difficult year on Pensacola Christian College. And, uh, and so pray for them. But I watched this at his home church there in, in uh, West Florida Baptist Church and um, heard several shared testimonies uh, of how Jaden and the family had been such a blessing to them and that was encouraging and, and then I watched as God obviously gave a great amount of grace for Jaden's father, Matt, to come up and deliver the message. You can only imagine how difficult of a task that would be. And God gave him a special grace and a special blessing. And uh, Matt delivered a tremendous message. And I watched this and, and uh, wept with them as I watched and heard about this young man. And, and I liked how Matt said this. He said that Jaden was not a perfect young man. He'd made plenty of mistakes. And I don't know anything about this young man's life. I don't know if if he had ups and downs and struggles. I don't know what it was. But there's enough evidence. There's enough things that are coming out and being discovered to show this that Jaden loved the Lord and he wanted to serve the Lord. They're finding multiple text messages to individuals on their phone. They're even finding just the, his screensaver on the phone was, was one where he was looking to the Lord, uh, someone looking to the sky and saying, Lord, use me, I want to be used. A constant reminder of what it was a desire of his heart. How he had surrendered, how his natural character was one of shyness, one of being behind the scenes. It was difficult for him to be out in front. They said they had a hard time finding pictures to you put in the slideshow because he was typically behind the scenes. That's his natural character. And it was a huge step for him last summer at summer camp to surrender to the ministry and to say that God had called him to preach. And they played his testimony. And here was this young man, shy and backward, standing before a congregation and talking about how God had called him to preach. And then they showed a brief clip of, oh, just a few weeks ago in his ministerial class, preaching, learning to preach, and sharing his testimony on how he received Christ as his Savior. Listen, there was enough evidence there for us to see, there was enough reputation there for us to see that this was a man that loved the Lord. And I wonder tonight, if we had to start picking apart our lives, would there be enough evidence to convict us that we loved the Lord? That we want to follow the Lord. And so Gaius was that type of a man. He loved the Lord. But now we come to this second character, Diotrephes. And then there's a third character named Demetrius. We won't focus on him this evening. These three men are named and mentioned in this book. Gaius, Diotrephes, and Demetrius. Gaius, I've learned, was one of the most popular names in the Roman world. In the Roman uh, 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 Empire, that was one of, one of the most popular names that you would hear it frequently. In fact, there are multiple Gaiuses in the scriptures. And then Demetrius was also a, a, a familiar name. I actually have, in my high school days, had two, two fellow students in my school. One named Gaius and one named Demetrius. Uh, I've, I've, I remember them. One, Gaius, was, uh, he grew up in Jordan, was born in Jordan, the nation of Jordan, and his family left there during a war. And uh, he was Gaius and got to know him. And then there was another young man named Demetrius. He was a deaf student in our school. Had some other learning disabilities, so I didn't have a lot of interaction with him, but his, his name was Demetrius. I've never met a Diotrephes. His name is not on the top ten list of new names this year. that have parents naming their children that. Now there may be a Diotrephes out there, and that might have been a common name, but in the scriptures, he's the only time listed right here. And he is a man that has a poor name. Poor character is represented with him. Now, his examples here of Diotrephes is of his struggles is not one of doctrinal error he doesn't appear to be a a heretic he doesn't appear to be someone that is preaching a false gospel in fact we learned this that you can cause about as many problems with a poor temperament as you can with poor theology he had an attitude problem he had a he had a a a a behavioral problem This evening, I want us to learn that not everybody within a church congregation always has a good testimony. Now, be careful before you start looking across the auditorium or you get somebody's face in your mind's eye. I'd encourage you just to look at yourself this evening. We're We're all subject to getting turned sideways at times. We're all subject to having some issues through the years as being a pastor, now, oh, if I did the math here, 17 and 30, 20 years of being a pastor, not just in the ministry, but of being a pastor, you know, a pastor doesn't ever want to lose anybody. It's, that's a hurt. Uh, you know, someone uh, says we're just, and it's not about even just moving away or the military moving us away. I hate that as well. I hate when anybody says, hey, we're moving and we're going somewhere else. But when someone just says we're not we're we're quitting coming to your church. Uh, we're going to go to a church across t- that 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 hurts and you and you try to hold on to it and you try to you try to remedy those things and sometimes I have learned that God sometimes moves people. God sometimes also is protecting a church. I remember Uh, one of my mentors in my life over a a struggle at my first church that I was pastoring. And it was, uh, there was going to be problems with this family, but oh, I fought so hard to, to hold on to them. And I remember that mentor telling me, sometimes it's good just to let God deal with them how he's going to deal with them and to let them go. And sure enough, that was a good thing to let them go. And so I'm just bringing that up to remind us this evening that as we look at our congregation we're, there's the possibility of problems and difficulties in any of us. Diotrephes is not a theological problem like it was in 2 John and in and and, and the book of Jude. This is a problem with behavior. This is a problem with his temperament. This is a problem the way he treats people. And I'm just going to give you three quick thoughts here that we see on him in these verses. We'll be done in just a handful of moments here. Uh, but notice with me that Diotrephes... He, first of all, desired to have preeminence or a position. Verse number nine. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. He wanted to be in first. He wanted to have a public displayed position. He wanted the preeminence. It almost reminds me of when we were in kindergarten and the teacher said, line up, and everybody is pushing the other one out of the way, trying to get to the first position in the line. Uh, trying to, and there was no worries about who they're going to hurt in that. Before we moved to Columbus, we um, we had two, or excuse me, moved from Columbus to here, we had two dogs, and we uh, and weird. Unbelievable way, we lost both of them within a, a month of each other, but we had these dogs for several years, and, and um, one was Ellie, she was the older superior dog, and then there was the other dog named Darby that was younger and, and had come second, and, and um, uh, we, would, uh, we would take them for walks sometimes, and my wife would always take Ellie because Ellie would listen, and, and Darby would not. And Darby always wanted to do her own thing. And, and so I would have Darby on her leash, and my wife would be in front, and we're walking through our neighborhood, and if Darby was behind, she only wanted one thing, to be in front. And she would pull, and she would lunge, and she would try her very best, Just kind of, and I'd always be fighting with her, pulling back on that leash, trying to get her to heal. Now, if we would happen to move up in front, maybe Rachel stood over to the side for a moment and we went ahead of her and Ellie, she would settle down. You know why? She desired to have the preeminence. She desired to be number one. She desired to have a position. Now, in certain things in life, that might be a good thing. Sports, you know, we'd like to come in first place. You're going to work hard at it. Uh, you know, there's, there's various things where that may be a good quality or characteristic. But it's not always a good quality or characteristic within the body of Christ. Where we have a bunch of individuals that want to be recognized, want to be noticed, want to have a position of preeminence. And Diotrophy struggled with that. He was constantly trying to find this. John recognizes this. He loveth to have the preeminence among them, and receiveth us not. I would encourage you, church, to be satisfied with whatever God wants you to be. Wherever that is. Listen, his will is always the best place for us to be. To trust God with it. Whether that's a position of recognition, if that's a position that's in front, or that's someone that is just there behind the scenes. And trust God with what he has for you in your life. Be satisfied with it. I remember it was such a blessing in my first pastor. We had a a lady in our church. She had had a rough life. Her husband had an accident at some point during their marriage. Was hit in the head and kind of never was the same. Eventually left her and her five or six children all by herself. She lived with them out in the country there and tried to make a go of things and it was always a struggle for her. She was faithful to church, faithful to God. Uh, She was our Sunday school nursery uh, worker, and I'd go by there sometimes in between Sunday school and church or during the Sunday school hour, and I'd peek my head around the corner, and I'd see her down there on the floor with maybe an eight- or nine-month-old or ten-month-old, someone just learning to sit up and quoting verses to that child and singing a song with trying to give them some lessons, even at that very young age. And she was very much. She came in to church. She did her thing, and she left. She was she was pretty quiet, pretty private. But I found out multiple times she was doing a lot of things that no one ever knew about. I don't know how many times I'd go to somebody's house and I say, "Oh, Nancy came by and dropped a meal off." Oh, did she? Nancy came by and prayed with us today. She came by and saw me in the hospital. Just time and time again. Never knew it. Never flaunted it. But just serving the Lord. And I'd encourage you to be a Nancy, just someone that's going to serve God. And if God wants to uh, uh, promote you and and put you in a position that is more prominent, then let God do that. But don't desire to have this preeminence or this position that Diotrephes did. Not only this, he was a man that used slander and gossip to accomplish his goal. Uh, Look at verse number 10. He says, wherefore, if I come, I will remember his, Diotrephes' deeds, which he doeth, pratting against us with malicious words. This idea of prating is the idea of uh, uh, caustic speech, harsh speech. And then he uses the thought of malicious words, words that are hurtful words that will uh, 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 cause wounds. I remember when I was in kindergarten, uh, uh, or yeah, I guess I was in kindergarten still, and across the hall was the first grade class. We were lined up from school one day, uh, getting ready to leave, and and, and I remember this to this day. I was in kindergarten, five years old. So that's 47 years ago. And I remember those first graders saying, "Kindergartners, Babies stick their head in gravy, wrap it up in toilet paper, and send it to the Navy. (laughs) Hurtful. I remember that. And I went to my teacher, and she says, oh, Mark, it's okay. She says, tell them the sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And I said, that's good. And I ran back over there, and I was waiting for them the next day, and I messed it all up. I said, sticks and bones may break my stones, and and I was got all messed up, and they started laughing at me, and they said, you're a big baby, we're going to send you to the Navy, all those things again. But I remembered this, words hurt, words can hurt. That it wasn't a big deal. It's not wounded me. I've not remembered it for 47 years too much or anything. (laughs) But have you ever been hurt by someone's words? Someone that just said something? Diotrephes did it on purpose. He used slander, he used gossip, and he did it because of his desire for preeminence, prominence. And I would just encourage us this evening, church, to be careful with your words. Choose them wisely. Before you say something, make sure you have the the proper motive and the proper heart behind it. He desired preeminence, which caused him to use slander and gossip, and it caused him to be a, a spiritual bully. Uh, look what it says, continue on in verse number 10. And not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. We're talking about some type of leader in the church that he has an authority somehow to cast them out of the church. And he says, listen, I'm not gonna receive them. And if you do, look out, you're done here. He was a spiritual bully and this was in the church now we don't know what happened i was reading some on this and don't know why he had this issue with john some have said you know and just speculating but you know maybe a personality conflict between the two maybe some jealousies because here is the apostle john He's the last living of the disciples of Jesus. He's seen Jesus, and, and, and perhaps is well, a the, the, the big deal, you know. What's the big deal about him or whatever? And there just wasn't a, there was an issue with them. And I'll remind you, you're not going to get along with everybody. Not everybody in church is going to be your best friend. It doesn't mean that we have to be hateful. In fact, we may not always like everybody, but you should love everybody. There should be a love for one another. We should desire to get along with one another. And Diotrephes did not do that. And we can learn some valuable lessons from this guy with an awful reputation. This is what, you imagine make it to the Bible. You are chosen to be in the scriptures and it's for these reasons. What an awful lesson, but we can learn something from it. So I'd encourage us tonight, be satisfied with what God's called you and what's in your life. Don't be a self-promoter. Don't try to, to climb the, the ladder of spiritual success on your own. Let God place you. Uh, watch your words. Watch your, the, your, 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 your motive behind those words. And certainly let's not be a spiritual bully. Look at the way that John wraps it all up in verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is, and he calls it, evil. He's going to say what what I've just described for you is pure evil. Don't follow that which is evil, but follow that which is good. We've already had a good example of Gaius, and let me tell you about another good person. He's going to share with us about Demetrius, that hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. So choose to follow that which is good, not that which is evil. Let's certainly not live and bear that type of testimony at Heritage Baptist Church and the body of Christ amongst our fellow believers. But let's be individuals that will serve the Lord, be satisfied with what the Lord has, and work in love together. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this evening. I didn't present this message this evening because I believe that we've got a problem at Heritage. Uh, To be honest with you right now, I don't know of any squabbles in the church. I don't know of anybody that's causing any waves or problems. None of that's been made aware to me at all. I, I just presented this evening because it was the next section of Scripture in the book we're preaching through. But I have found out through my years of ministry that God often times things out god often places a message in a particular order in a t- particular time because god does know what's going on and there might be someone tonight that in your heart you're struggling with some things there might be some things that you're struggling with and i'd encourage you just give that over to the lord and i trust him with those things Tonight, in a message like this, it might be difficult to say, well, I don't want to go to the altar. Someone's going to think, I've got the problem. You may just want to come to the altar tonight because you don't want to ever be that problem. That's a good thing. And So just be obedient to the Lord tonight. Trust the Lord. Listen to him this evening. Lord, I pray that you'd help us during this invitation moment. Father, help us to be obedient to you. Help us, Lord, to trust you with what you've called us to do in our lives and to uh, be the right kind of church member father that you've called us to be thank you for heritage thank you for the hard working church that it is lord a church that loves you and loves missions and i pray god that we'd stay that way or we wouldn't let petty differences cause any issues here so lord use this few moments now for your honor and glory in jesus name heads are bowed eyes are closed as the piano begins to play the lord spoke to your heart you respond this evening